we've got a great guest now. I do believe he's been at events with you, supporting um, and standing up against the drag queens. Mm -hmm. I've never met him before. He is leading the charge for the UK with Turning Point UK, obviously an organisation set up, I can't remember how many years ago, I'm sure Nick's going to tell us, by the lovely Charlie Kirk over in the U, in the US, uh, who has a great show. Nick's holding the baton for the UK. He's been with Kat, as I said. Um, any other words you'd like to, to say, Kat, before we introduce him? Just how amazing this guy genuinely is. And just to want to thank you, Nick, for everything that you are doing with Turning Point UK, because I briefly met you in Crystal Palace when we were outside. Can't remember the name of the pub, but it was a drag time story um, event. And, and I've seen some of your, your videos as well, particularly there was one in, I know you've done a few. You've done quite a lot, actually. You've done loads, but I'd only come across you quite recently. Um, and I saw your video when you were at Sussex Uni going around asking questions uh, to the students on how many genders uh, there are, which we're actually going to play at some point on the weekend during the podcast-a-thon. So just welcome, Nick. Thank you so much for, for coming on. You're so welcome, both Lou Kat. Thanks so much for having me. It's an absolute pleasure. So I, I was lucky enough to meet Kat in Crystal Palace. We were outside the Great Exhibition Pub few weeks ago that was our second uh demo and we were protesting that uh or we were raising a on that particular one it was more about raising awareness with regards to what was happening in a local pub i.e um homosexual grown men dressed scantily clad aka the drag queen it's possible there are drag queens that are heterosexual i don't i don't know how it works i've seen a bit i've traveled around a bit I've never really I've never really seen it. I was never taken to the pantomimes or anything like that. Um, I know about some celebrities and some um, some high profile people that are very revered and they're, they're loved, etc. Paul O'Grady, what you know, didn't he, he passed away recently? So I'm, I'm, I'm aware of the drag thing. And a lot of people in our liberal media, that every time we're on the right side of history and we're there to say this is wrong, but there's something about liberals that have to open up with, yeah, we love drag shows and it's for over 18s. And I'm there going, I don't really care. I don't I don't really care about drag shows or, or when I've been on a stag do, there's been no drag queen. So there seems to be this huge amorous love for, for, for drag and uh, and people relate it back to shakespeare and i'm and from my perspective i don't care go for it if you're over 18 go for it but i'm, I'm i refuse to and i never will start with that liberal mantra of right before i say what i say i'm gonna pretext what i say and i'm gonna put it in context that everyone thinks i'm a really liberal you know perfectly rounded balanced guy so that my argument then kind of makes more sense no i've got i've no issue with saying that me and my my friendship circle and and uh, and other people in my network for all the traveling and partying and celebrations I've done I've ever thought I know I really want to go and see a drag queen I've never once I've never once felt that or thought that you know cancel me now for saying it but in the same breath obviously we live in the society that we do so we're outside the great exhibition a few weeks ago and we know for a fact that there are gay grown men dressed scantily clad in front of children who are profiteering, as is the pub, off of saying to liberal affluence within the area, we've covered all this, it's all there, we've done all the footage, very affluent area, million pound homes. Why would you set up camp there on Crystal Palace Road in, a, in, a, in an absolute dive that is Lewisham? It's a horrible, horrible place. Horrible. Why, would you e why would you ever set up camp there unless you saw a moneymaker, unless you saw a, a, you saw a profitable business model? So 
it's about raising that one was about with with when I met Kat was actually about raising awareness to what was going on inside. It's not a it's not a particularly nice location. There's loads of nice houses, but there was nothing special about it. It was just a, like a nest. That's what it when I when I go and do my recon before we do these things a, a week or a few days in advance. There was nothing outstanding about it. It was just a hub that that does very very well off of recruiting mums and dads to say come and bring your child to witness this male dressed scantily clad as a woman, not to talk about patriotism, not to talk about our armed forces, not to talk about the monarchy, not to talk about maths, not to talk about history, physics, not to talk about geography or politics and international relations in an unbiased. These people aren't teachers, but no, let's talk about diversity, inclusion and equality. And that is done 100% from the angle of LGBTQIA+, not LGB. LGBTQIA+. Now ask yourself, 10 years ago, if this was happening and it was in the name of LGB, because LGB, remember, is sacrosanct now in the UK. It's absolutely sacred. It's a separate conversation. LGB now is untouchable and their rights have been uh, gained since the 70s. So can you imagine 10 years ago, if this was all in the name just of LGB, it wouldn't have flown. It wouldn't have done. And the LGB Alliance, which I'm sure you guys are aware of, is essentially what's called the um, homosexual men and women who stand against the indoctrination, grooming and sexualization of minors. And the T part, LGBTQIA+, they don't like that very much at all because they're there. You've got L, G and B. And then from the fourth letter, that lot are saying, actually, we want in on this. So this is purely, it's purely about raising awareness of what is the point? What is the utility? What is the validity? What is the point of putting children in front of homosexual, fully grown men, scantily clad, talking about diversity, inclusion and equality? Not curriculum, not academics. And it's dressed up, remember, as story time. It's Mm. storytelling. So remember, there's nothing wrong with it at all. And then there's rainbows and unicorns and pink and fluffy and cute. So there's nothing insidious there, right? There's nothing dark there. Okay, let's suspend disbelief for just one second with all the other information that we've got, which is overwhelming, and say, okay, brass tacks, basic level, why do children have to be in front of those types of individuals who have graphic content on their social media platforms, who moonlight as adult performers, who have obscene graphic content on their social media, which young children have access to in this day and age, why do they have to perform in front of children unless there is a market for it and liberal parenting suffering from liberal narcissistic personality disorder and virtue signaling, the disease of that, they, there's no other reason for them to be doing this other than there is an economic market for it there is profiteering to be done and the children are the tool, the pawn for the mums mm-hmm. and dads to feel better about themselves and superior, morally superior, et cetera. And the businesses and the drag acts get to earn out of it. That's, that's my policy. That's where I'm coming. I think we should be talking about that. That's the awareness campaign that we are putting to people on both sides of the political spectrum and saying, right, let's have a conversation about this. Yeah. yeah, I mean, a, a while years ago, you know, um, a transgender person was actually classed as mentally ill. You know, they had to go through the transitions, and now it's well, it the, was a fetish one. There was a bit like a yeah, fetish. But they did, it was people dealing with mental health issues. You know, going back ten years ago, it was a very, very tiny section of society, mm. but 
How it's worked is they start pushing the agenda in schools. Those kids who were sucking it up when it all first came out 10 years ago, then go off to the universities. The universities then encourage it. Those then, those then, those that same kids who were first having it shoved down their throat 10 years ago are now out in the community teaching other kids. So it, it just feeds, it gets bigger and bigger the more it can, continues. And mm. it's just screwed up. Universities are a dangerous place. I, I was am just going to say yes, about the unis because obviously you know Nick from having gone into them yourself and just basically gone around the campus asking questions to the, that really shocked me because I I knew that I know it's in school that's what I deal with on a daily basis especially with the younger children and I know it's in secondary school as well so obviously that is going to lead on to college and university but I didn't realize just how how bad then that it was in unis until I saw your video and I thought and I could feel your frustration at the end of the video when you went and had a pint by yourself kept the video on and you were like look when you'd gone to uni it was nothing like this you know it was actually an enjoyable experience university did used to be reserved for the for the academics and you know whatever you went in to do um you went on to get a job with with your degree whatever you were trained in but it's nothing like that anymore and I don't well I know it's not I don't think I know that parents of our age and 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 older then are like they think that university is the same as when they went so they've got no idea of how much they're being indoctrinated it was bizarre me watching you asking these people you know in their early 20s and even even older you know are there more than two genders and they were saying yes I was like yeah no, but this is this is the really this is the this sat. is the really great part, guys. So make sure you're sat down and make sure you've got a stiff drink that you'll need in about an hour's time, right? Here, here I'll, I'll give this a go, right? Check this out. Imagine that the left complain that there's a work a work shortage, uh, um, a a trade shortage in the UK. Now imagine that the left also push student basically make universities completely equal and just get all the polytechnics and all the Mickey Mouse degrees. Imagine now there's a huge work shortage. Imagine now there's a huge sense of entitlement amongst our grassroots that should be going in to do your apprenticeships and all of those key trades where we essentially need to be rebooting the economy. It's an absolute desire state with the economy. Imagine now that the left say, right, go to university, get a Mickey Mouse degree, get indoctrinated, come out, be self-entitled spoil addicted to your phone all sorts of screen issues because you because mum and dad ha- have allowed that screen because we are in the digital age now and now imagine that you go to those in those university centers actually they're indoctrination farms so you guys have been witnessing it with regards to children much earlier before me i now have had over 100 hours contact time with the university students doing my exposés you now watch my videos and go Oh my goodness! It's- I've got a daughter at Bristol. My daughter's at. She got. She she's flying. She's flying. I, I feel terrible because I suggested it because it would be nearer to me if there was any other trouble. She's done a degree in journalism. I'm white privilege. <laughs> we we we're gonna need more than an hour for this, guys. She would be such a force if she was. Hadn't been indoctrinating, and I feel responsible because I suggested she did Bristol, didn't look into it too much. Well, you didn't know, you weren't know, you know. That's so, Lou, um, sorry, do you say she's at Bristol? Yeah. So basically, they've now, you've got... they've now asked her to carry on and do a doctorate because she's finished this year, and they've asked her to carry on even sure. further. 
to do a so, doctor in it, but she's woke. When I when I was when I was joining when I was deciding to re-enter into politics, it was about 2018, 2019. I was sitting on my hands for a long time, and I'll give you the I'll give you the prelim in a minute to go back to your um you know, sort of first point about you know who am I and turning point and how did we etc. But for now, I'll just say this: there is no doubt in my mind, having covered i don't know maybe close to 30 or 40 universities my videos are i'm nothing compared to um to other people who actually have a designated business model to to be able to call themselves an internet influencer uh, that that's uh, i'm a frontline foot soldier of the new right i'm not i'm not an influencer or anything like it uh, i'm an old school millennial i don't have i don't care about it this is a hearts and minds business i'm not i'm not interested in any of that stuff i want to add value and in the digital age that means exposing but let me let me just confirm to you bristol sussex soas in london sheffield or one or two others they are i'd go as far as say they're marxist states now so i saw the pain in your eyes just then i've covered bristol probably seven times um it, I, it, it would it would be a completely separate podcast and we could go down we could really we could really start to but linking linking all that back to the indoctrination camps so in in schools if you follow the turning point pages our head of media is world class at what he does absolutely phenomenal we have people coming to us desperately saying what can we do how does this work? Why is this happening? We exposed on the um, on Stockport Grammar. We exposed last year, or 2021 rather. We've just done the Wren School. Uh, I think it's Midlands. I'm not sure. We've done various other schools, and we've actually spoken with the students and with the parents. So it's not just the Vox Pox exposés that we do on uni, which is just terrifying to watch. But let's talk about the process between when a child gets started in school as early as three. We know what the agenda is it's to normalize everything to do with hedonism it's normalizing everything to do with sexuality it's normalizing everything to do with being what you want to be and how you want to feel and how you want to identify which takes away from the collectivity it takes away from the family home it takes away from the church it takes away from responsibility duty it takes away from the warrior's code and it goes and community and it goes straight to whatever I want, whatever I feel, whatever mm. I need, however I identify, me, 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 me. So the the, the narcissistic, the, the evil that we are surrounded with as the devil swarms us, that, that ability to reject that and to promote your thinking to higher thoughts, whether it's family, whether it's country, whether it's God, it doesn't matter. But something more than just the, the self. So we've bred egoists is what we've done. Yeah. But for, 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 for nearly, I, I try and do the math about when the millennials had their kids and the exes had their kids. So anyone who's 50 now is an ex, give or take 50, 55, which means by definition, the exes had them a lot younger. Obviously, the millennial, millennials had them a lot later. So anyone who's now sort of 15 to 25 is, is from potentially from very early millennials, very late exes. Do you know what I mean? But there might be some, there could even be some, uh, uh, I don't know whether the boomer could have, I, I guess so. I, it depends how old they've had it, but this yeah. is not, it's not hard to work out. Insta launch in two, Instagram launched in 2012. The digital age was upon us from 2010, 11, 12, 13. It's not hard to work this out. Going back to your point, Lou, about when this started, 
It's not, it's not a theory. It happened. So you then throw in things like TikTok and the use of stories on Instagram. In 2017, they launched stories. Look at knife crime, look at grime music, um, yeah. look at um, uh, uh, normalizing sex workers, and just look at everything and the power social media has. So let's look at the process from three years and up. Let's look at schools. Let's look at LGB flags, LGBT flags, inclusion flags, Regent Street last summer endless not just not lgb flags lgbtqia plus flags inclusion flags it's not just lgb lgb is very much sat to the side the majority of common sense lgb is sat to the side and so on excuse me this has got nothing to do yes. with children. this has got exactly. nothing to do with the child's education what we've seen is this radical vamping up hugely ramping up hugely so specifically in the heart of the tech rev at the birth of the digital age, and it said, right, let's make sure that children think that they are allowed to think and feel exactly what they want. It's not about educating them anymore in any core or classic subjects. No. It's no. now more about what they think with regards to how they feel and how they identify. And there is a Marxist agenda behind the national curriculum that says, if you do not follow this, you will be ostracized, you will be bullied. You will be cast out. We've done the exposés. We've got the recordings. We've got people with cameras, etc. We know it exists. Then they go on over 18 to universities where the parents can't touch them. Yeah. We can't touch them. They're already there. And university is just the screwing cap on the top. It's the candle on the cake. It's the straw that breaks the camel's back. And if you are conservative, small C conservative, you get cancelled. You get thrown out. You get disciplined. You're to um, we've covered that side of it. So going back to my point about how you guys are way ahead of me with regards to what's been happening with children, I'm ahead of a lot of people as a firm. We're ahead of a lot of people with regards to the expose in our university campuses, which is supposed to be higher learning, higher education, mm -hmm. go and do a vocational degree at the taxpayer's expense and yeah. then go and become something special and then go and re-add value back to society. Instead, all that the taxpayer is paying for it they're adding no value. Instead, they're indoctrinated Marxist foot soldiers that exactly. want to see our way of life destroyed. I mean, you can't write this, can you? You, it's, know, you can't it's, write it, can you? Very. It's a dangerous, it's a really dangerous game. And I read a book, um, I've done a blog on it, actually. It was by, um, to find out who these people are in these places, in the unis, in the colleges and stuff. And it's called How to Transform Your School into an LGBT-Friendly Place. And it was written by um, a lady, Ellie Barnes, her name is, Dr. Ellie Barnes um, and there's a video actually going around so somebody had recorded it she was at um, a conference of educators and somebody had recorded this so you can actually I've, I've got it in the blog as well and she says don't go sending a letter home to the parents why would you do that like why would you want to a, a mob of angry parents come so she's very aware that it's going to piss people off basically and in that book it's basically a groomer's book where they groom the, the older children the older children groom the younger children but they're basically turning them into socio-political activists that is exactly what this book is even saying and I was like what on earth are they doing it from the youngest of the young so mm. you're right by the time they get to uni all of this is normal and they mm. just solidify in what they've already put into the child's mind. They yeah. told my daughter when it was time for her to do her options when she was at school, not to go home and talk about it to your parents. So they try to influence your options. It's your life. You decide where what you want to do. Yeah. Because she came back with her list. And we had to write down what she wanted to do. No, no. 
they've told me I mustn't talk to you about it. I mustn't be influenced by you. It's funny you should say that because what do they tell you that the university experience is? Even though, even if you live right by a university, right, and you've grown up with all these people, you've gone to school with all these people, you know, and this is your support network, your family, your friends, whatever, they tell you to go as far away as possible so you can have the full experience. But is that just taking you away from everything you've ever known to be solid so they can take you into their wing and, and do, well, I think it's evident what they've done. Oh, well, it would make sense, wouldn't it? Because that's the official party line. Is you're you're, mm. you're you remember you're, whenever you go to university, you're always supposed to go as far away as possible. That's yes. the official that's experience. the official party line, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. For the full experience. Yes. So I think you're you're probably on. Again, there's I think what we've got, guys, is that which is factual, that which is anecdotal, that which is our opinion. So yeah, mm. I mean, if we're just spitballing, cat, I think we could probably come up with a whole load of things where you kind of go, hmm. Yeah, that 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 means that Makes and sense. that means that. But what is undeniable, guys, what is totally undeniable is, is that <clears throat> and I think this was mirrored in an article by The Times. It was um, I think it was Bell, David, David. See, I, I haven't got it with me. David Bell and, and Warrior et al. And it was basically saying that in a cross uh, a cross section survey, 24, um, 24 to 35 percent of transgender that were that were interviewed were autistic yeah that's right it's 24 35 percent i think yeah so they right. already feel like this is the problem i've tried to tell people it does affect those on the special educational needs and those on the autism spectrum for that reason because look the traits of an autistic child they already feel like they don't fit in they have compulsive and impulsive behavior so they latch on to things so if they, if they and this whole trans thing carries them away so as soon as they get involved in it they've got all these people around them telling how amazing they are and it's great and whatever so they pull through this experience you know self-medic well medicating with puberty blockers which 90 percent will go on to take cross-sex hormones none of this stuff is irreversible then you've got at the other end of the scale the, the trans regrets the detransitioners that nobody can no we're not really hearing about even though there are literally thousands of them yeah there so imagine imagine um uh, again this this you're going to regret having me on guys because it's so depressing no, and awful anyway imagine imagine this cat so as you and I know, because we've been in communique, I, I, I had the uh, unfortunate experience of being with, with Peter Thatchell the other day on GB News. And, and, and his, obviously he's got world-class optics training behind him. So he knows his job is to seduce and allure a right-wing patriot like me in, thinking that I'll lose my head. Well, mm. they haven't seen anything like me yet and they, and they won't have done. So it's, 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 I simply won't allow it. So do, do you remember, if you've seen the clip, and I'll tell you yeah. now, Lou, he, he said, you know, Everything that we do is about human rights, right? Well, there's a lot to unpack there with regards to human rights, but we'll yeah. come on to that later. So he said it's all about all those kids that are offing themselves because they can't get the help they need. I went to school in the 80s and the 90s. Kids weren't offing themselves. No, exactly. and, if they, and if they did, which is a sin, by the way, if they did, it was a tragedy. I was in a meet at counselors meeting the other night and a local kid, he's killed himself. Yeah, it's, it's awful. People kill themselves. It's absolutely awful. So's heart disease. So's cancer. So's, so's um, um, uh, children being separated from their, from their families. Life is impossible. Being a, being a human being is incredibly hard. And that was his one line. It was his one line that we need to protect. All, and I thought to myself, we need to protect all these kids who are offering the offering themselves and who are in distress? What about the detransition movement, who are who are in droves, going to yeah. be medicated forever, 
permanently beyond repair mentally and actually a very high suicide rate attached to it so let's talk about that and of course as you say Kat we can't talk about that the mainstream media doesn't really want to cover it and Mm -hmm. there you go with that with with every conversation we have will arrive at another huge uh, massive great big stone that you'll stump your foot on and it's called irony it's called hang on a minute every conversation we have loops back round to some sort of mental illness, some sort of lunacy, some sort of insanity. And remember, it's all at the taxpayer's expense. Yeah. And I have to say, you did really well with that. Just like the, the for the reason you just gave, I can't stand Peter Tatchell. Uh, I really, uh, I really hate, I have to watch him though, because Kim can't even watch him. Right. So she's like, you watch him, tell me what he said. But even when I'm watching it, I'm like, so you did it. And that is what I would do. Right. Which is why I would never be able to go up against somebody like him because I would lose my, t- knowing what he said, knowing what he's contributed to in the past, you know, knowing what he stands for. Yeah. I couldn't do it. So I got to take my hat off you because you did a fantastic job. But I think he said, and I wasn't sure if he said it on this one or another clip that I watched, because you had Debbie Hayton on there as well, didn't you? Did he say that the reason for the um, the drag time story hour was because children um, get bored easily and they don't engage? Did he say it on that one or am I thinking of a different clip? No, so I, I don't remember. Uh, so the, the, the clip that you're referring to, Kat, is one that's used when 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 the right side of history us lot go up against those people on the wrong side of history remember they've got a set list of arguments that's from their playbook yeah. and all they all they have to do is make you look like um uh, a, a bigger um a racist a homophobe a transfer and and they'll, they'll and what they'll do is they'll make up words which aren't even things they'll make up words which aren't even things and they'll throw them at you and that's their job is to stand there and just throw those things at you to try and derail your thought process make you switch from logic to emotion and then lose your lose your call so yeah. what you've that's their tactic obviously what's what what you've heard cat is very important it's um it's it wasn't on that interview was it wasn't on that interview that. it was on it's the official playbook that you will hear when you're scrolling. You guys will follow the same pages that I follow. You'll you'll research the same things I research. You'll know about the same things that I know about within the last the current current affairs last few days. It's the same response from the same playbook. Children, so there's two. One is it's a sensory performance. Children have no idea what's going on. Well, that's absolute nonsense. That's yeah. absolute not. It's, you get any child psychologist worth their salt, and they'll tell you that from zero to uh, 12, 15, I don't know, it's sponge. I mean, it might be 18, but it's sponge material. You know, an 80 year old male or female isn't likely to lap a huge amount of information up compared to a six month year old. Or a 12. So that's the first argument is that babies have no idea what's going on. Well, if babies have no idea what's going on, then why are you taking them to a diversity, inclusion and equality session? Sorry, if if they haven't got a clue what's going on and then they'll say, and this is key, they'll say, oh, it's for the mums and dads. And they've said this openly, being a parent is such an awful job. You have to get out of the house and do something. Okay, so go and associate with other mums, take them to see grandparents, take them for walks in the park homeschool them i can't i can't not think of things to do with children when times get tough yeah yeah and for those who decide to stay self-employed or paye you've chucked them into nursery i mean look i did boarding school for a while some people choose that so don't tell me that don't tell me that when you sign yourself up to be a parent the number one goal is to is to is to outsource them to a drag queen it's absolute not i won't enable it it's nonsense So going back to your point, Kat, they've got that playbook there. 
and they'll say all this stuff. And I appreciate that I've just offered one opinion and then I've offered their counter as well. But the point that you were making, Kat, is, is that um, they I think you've heard an argument they respond to colours or, or certain sounds or shapes or, or essentially the argument. But once you strip it all back and strip the BS and the satanic Marxism away, what you actually find is they're saying that children respond well to the learning of an adult gay man dressed up as a woman, scantily clad. I'd like to put a full stop at the end of that sentence and say, never, not on my watch, never, absolutely not. And I don't need to unpack it. I don't need to unpack it. I don't need to break it down. And if I was having this with some of those radical um, uh, children who work for Antifa, or if I was having this chat with radical um, uh, trans activists, we should start talking about trans terrorism, by the way, but that's a separate conversation. And they, they would say, upon me saying that, they would say, you're a homophobe. You're a transphobe. Again, again, remember, remember my point straight back to the playbook. No, I have free will, free speech, and I have the right to say that sexuality, hetero or otherwise, has no place in a child in, in a child's upbringing. Now, a certain point, in their head, vocabulary, that word doesn't need to be in their vocabulary. No, it now, at a certain point, at a certain point, guys, I'm aware of what's it called the birds and the bees sex ed i'm aware at a certain age and i'm guessing it's probably as early as eight or nine but by 12 or 13 whether you have a male or a female because there's only two genders i am i'm sure as a parent at some point there's a chat to be had especially in the digital age from a father to a son from a father to a daughter and those are difficult conversations depending on the strictness of the household i for example i don't agree with a Catholic background and with a lot of my friends, you didn't talk about sex, period. You yeah, didn't talk you about have it. You have to now. But I, I actually, I don't agree with that at all. I, I, I don't. And, and, if, and if, if someone wants to say it should be outsourced to the school, then it's potential that uh, a conser- small C conservative family that I grew up with, my friends' families, for example, they might say, we don't do it within the home, the school does it. But then, then they, were at, they, were at, they were at convents or they were at um, uh, monasteries or they were at uh, private schools. So I, I, don't, I, I don't know whether I can say that about mainstream schools. I don't think you can oh, no. trust mainstream well- schools to do that so unfortunately you're you're, you're the especially parent- now i've got an example actually i've got an example nick so i was at a private convent school never had the sex talk never never ever had the sex talk my parents didn't i got on okay i had two children my son when he was six he came home and said he'd learned about reginas and penises i go nuts i would look I, well, obviously I did. Went down to the school, kicked right off. They tried blaming it on other kids being watching EastEnders and things like that. Mm. And they felt that it was time. Uh, I just put it off. At six years of age, six years of age, um, they said they sent a letter home. I said, well, did you not have consent sheets on the letter? Because I never got it. A six-year-old, they don't, I never got any letters. Jack would just lose them. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So they didn't even say, oh, no, we didn't put that. So you could consent whether your child's going to go into it because that's when you were allowed to remove your child. See, this is this is this is nuts. I mean, I look, I'm, I'm guessing that everyone, the three of us were all the same. I'm terrible with ages, but I'm guessing we're all the same ages. But from what you've just said, that I, again, presuming we're all the same age, that doesn't make that wouldn't have happened when I was at school in the 80s. Really? When I was no, no, this, this, this is a this is a post dot com phenomenon. This is a post millennial phenomenon. This is, is a post. This is a post. 
conservative government, 97, remember that key time, that's a post 90s movement. It's a post 90s phenomenon. That would never have happened. So going back no. to linking to, to make some sort of common sense out of what I'm saying, hetero or otherwise, the sexualization of children, exposing to, talking about, demonstrating, showing, and then at the far, at the extreme, uh, the far end, the extreme example, you've obviously got physical abuse. It, it does not belong in a child's upbringing, regardless. So you've got the minor stuff down here where they hear the F word or the C word or, 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 any, or any swear word, right? I think I was probably 12 when I heard the C word. My parents went mental. So I'm not, I'm not naive. I understand about nature. I understand about nurture and you can't control everything. But hetero or otherwise, sexuality has no place in a child's upbringing. And going back to what I was saying, Lou, I guess at some point there is a chat to be had and that is done by the parents, which I, I would endorse, but that's just my personal proclivity. I would say that a parent should address that because you do have to make sure. The thing is, I'm conflicted because if you've raised them right, then then it would just be a natural evolution. Because if you taught them yeah. morals and ethics and the world and consequences, exactly. it, it, it would be a natural evolving process once they hit puberty and hormones go nuts it would be a natural phenomenon that would happen within the home, within the security and the sanctity of the home, whereby they pretty much know yes to that, no to that. Yes, yeah. just Perfect. like I did. Now, of course, yeah. that it's more difficult because of the digital age. That's the problem. Unless you keep your child completely up like my. So mine is nearly 13 and I'm aware that many, many uh, people give their kids phones now at the age of five and six right well my daughter's been home educated since she was four so luckily there's no peer pressure from anywhere there she's nearly 13 she hasn't got a phone the only thing I've spoke so she's not on any like TikTok or any any of these things the only thing I spoke to her about and I had to do it which was about a year and a half ago was about the period thing because obviously she's a girl and we had that chat about that and whatever and I had it at the right time and she really understood that and that's enough I don't need to go, do you know what I mean? I don't need to go into it any detail or anything because luck, I am lucky. I do appreciate I am at a different, I'm in a different position from most other people, as I say, because she's not in school. So she doesn't get our peer pressure. She hasn't got a phone to be going on TikTok and, and yeah. all of these platforms and whatever to see it. So I do appreciate that. But yeah, there will be a time, you know, and obviously if you don't explain to them that you know their body's going to change when it does happen it's going to freak them out especially from a girl's point of view do you know what I mean but what yeah. they've done on the other scale of it which is really so they're telling them they're having the period talk with kids and whatever okay fine whatever but what they're doing and the trans um ideology and this you know this whole thing is it's very it's more girls to boys now right so what they're doing is they're telling these young girls that they, they're going to bleed and it's going to be like but they're saying it in such a way they're not explaining it properly they're just they're saying oh, you're gonna bleed. they're petrified and they don't want to bleed so then they some of them are just going into they want to be a boy because they don't want to bleed do you yeah. know what I mean? It's like, wow. So, you know, there is a bit of give and take there. But if anything, or so, for example, then when I was in school, right, which was in the 90s, when I was in secondary school in the 90s, in the mid 90s, right? Now, I don't remember really because I wasn't there that day. I used to much or skip school a lot, right? Just didn't go. But as far as I remember, when I was told what happened in one of the lessons, they had, um, I think it was bananas and condoms, right? So, before me, they would put, so they've gone from 16-year-olds putting condoms on bananas to 14-year-olds putting condoms on cucumbers to now 12-year-olds putting condoms on adult-sized dildos. 
in the classroom. So you can see how they've managed to dip their toe all the way through. And what people don't quite realise is, oh, you know, I hate this when it drives me nuts. And I'm actually speaking in London on this as well. They'll say, but pornography is available now, so they need to know about it. Right, so we're just going to justify it then. So big tech big tech can censor the likes of us, but they can't take it away like that. Of course they can do that, right? So what they're doing in school, people think they're telling them the consequence of porn. No, 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 no. When they get to secondary school, they're told which that porn is part of a healthy sex life and which one do you prefer? And they're sending them on these places where they can literally find porn. So this is why we. This is why you were seeing, I noticed when I took my daughter to the fair a couple of years ago I just took there was a local um fairground thingy right so I took her up there and I was looking around and I said to Dara and I was like look at those girls there was a big like gang of girls they weren't I could tell that they weren't older than like 12 or 13 and you should have seen what they had on I was so oh my god I was so it was so it was sad because I realised it's not their fault. It's not their fault. It's what they're influenced by. But they got face full of makeup, Elliot, tiny little shorts on, tiny little boob tube things on, right? And I just thought, oh my god, this is this is where this is where it is. So that when they're teaching consent, which mm. the UN, I just said this to slip mat, the UN last week decriminalised sex with, between adults and minors if a consent. So what they've been teaching to children in school as young as three is how to consent. You don't teach a child how to consent. You teach them a flat out no. And when they're older, you teach them the consequences of consent, mm. right? So now you've got little children with negotiation skills. You try doing a prosecution with that in the judicial system, which we already know is corrupt anyway. Oh, but they, they consented to it. They, so that's fine. So a 10-year-old consenting to a 25-year-old is absolutely fine because the, the 10-year-old has obviously been groomed. Mm. Do you see what I mean? This is, this is dangerous ground. No, I think, I think from... Uh, that that that's that's the stuff, Lou. What what Katz just said there. That that that's that's your three minute monologue of gold, right? So in there, there's like three or four different points. So the the first point, which is the most important point, is <clears throat> if you're self employed, or if you're a stay at home mum and dad, you will have access to your car and the streets between about three and five p.m. most days. Go around any town and feedback to me about how the about how the girls are dressing. Yeah. Who lets their who lets their daughter out of the house with a skirt that short? Seriously, no, 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 so, no seriously. I'd like. I'd really like to have a conversation with. But by, by uh, you call me old fashioned. But if you've got children, you're married and you live together. Call me old fashioned. Counsel me for it. So uh, my presumption is 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 that whichever house that daughter has exited from, whether it's a stepfather or the father, I'm presuming that at some point. Uh, I work 24, 7, 3, 6, 5. I choose that life. I, I choose to work endlessly. But we all have moments of downtime. So I refuse to believe that between the school, the mother and the father, no one's seen that. Now, why on mm -hmm. earth? And I've had this conversation with all the liberal parents you can imagine. And you can imagine how the conversation's gone. I want to link it to Kat's second point. How can you allow your child to have a smartphone and access to social media? and the the tiktoks and the snapchats how how can you allow that how can you allow them to listen to grime music i'm not talking about american hip-hop that is not the same thing at all that is not the same thing some of the stuff from the 90s and the 80s and some of the stuff that came out of jamaica and the reggae before that that is not the same thing how can you allow her to leave with with something like that on how can you allow mm. them to be listening to these these items of music how can you allow them to have a smartphone? How can you allow them to be on these platforms? Oh, I didn't know. 
I'm not sure. It's not my problem. The school thinks it's okay. They'll lose their friends. Do you see what I'm trying to say, guys? Yeah. So what, what you've just said there, Kat, is, again, it's that it's that huge, great big boulder which has got irony stamped into it, where you and I, the three of us, we kind of talk common sense. We kind of go, you chose to have children and you did it in the 90s or in the noughties. Ergo, they're going to be a Zed or they're going to be a, 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 or a very uh, um, uh, late millennial, but they're going to be Zeds. And then, and then, so we know about the dangers. We understand about yeah. the climate that we're having children in. How is it even remotely possible that you can allow for a 12 year old to have a full face of makeup, hair straightened and wearing, wearing that clothing? How, how is that? How have we arrived at that? And, and, and lastly, because I don't want to lose it, Kat, you said before about how it's now about female going to male. So with yeah. my with the former two points, guys, it is shock, it is horror, and I'm just angry. I'm just really angry because it's mm-hmm. pathetic from fathers. It, it's, it is really pathetic. Your job isn't to be liked, it's to be respected. So I've got a massive issue with that. But this is the really important stuff. And this is why I wanted to perhaps suggest we give this some some real um, in this very important conversation. We give it a little bit of direction towards what you said about Kat, the um, it's the female to male. Now, I've studied this and it's very difficult to know because it's such a new phenomenon. It's like with anything, binge drinking. It was once upon a time it was fat that was bad for cholesterol. Then they did the expose. It turns out it was sugar. Then the expose was done on the WHO. Binge drinking. It takes 10, 15, 20 years for us to understand stuff. So bear with me on this point. I don't know whether the trend is actually male to female or female to male. We know that there's huge issues with women's spaces and with sports and with prisons and with halfway houses. And there's a couple of other key basic women's bathrooms, et cetera. But the other day I was in town and it's, it's a local, normal, regular town happens to be in the home counties. Doesn't matter. But do you notice to your point, Kat, with regards to this suggestion that actually it's female to male, that's the big thing now. Do you notice they always kind of walk in a kind of that, you know, that, you know, how a person carries themselves, their shoulders yeah. aren't back. They don't look well presented. They are wearing kind of, it's kind of hippie, hippie, autistic, nerd, game playing, kind of greasy hair. It's, it's, it's not well, t- I'm, I, I'm trying to, I'm trying to say it's not Ralph Lauren wearing well turned out, well read, well educated yeah, I know what you people. Mean. I'm sorry yeah. to say it, guys. We all come from different spectrums. I went to state school for a few years. Do you see what I'm trying to say? And I'm looking at this individual who was clearly a female and she was clearly over 18. She had stubble coming through. The hair was greasy. The backpack was on. She had a bright, luminous pink hoodie. She had, you know, the autistic badges. You know, I, I love this and I love that. And Warcraft, I, I don't really care. I, I don't know about it. I don't really care. But I'm looking at it. Uh, the toes are pointed inwards as they shuffled along. And I'm looking at it going, what, what is okay about this? I'm not seeing anything of substance here. I'm not seeing anything of upwardly mobile or... Um, anyone who's sure about themselves or confident, what I'm yeah. seeing is potentially someone who's really struggling. What I'm seeing is percent, potentially someone who is liable to be possessed, to be bullied, to be... Um, the uh, vulnerable, the vulnerable, that's the one I go Yeah, for. to become a victim. I'm, see, I'm seeing, so, I mean, that's a really great word, it's vulnerable, but I'm, I'm seeing someone who is destroyed. I'm seeing someone who's already yeah. defeated. I'm seeing someone who's terrified. Vulnerable is the right word. So I think that's the point that I, I wanted to give some direction to, but it links quite nicely with what Kat's just said about the counter protest that we were at. The last protest we did, Lou, was a few Sundays ago. Yeah. And we counter protested, counter protested 
transaction, sorry, transaction block UK. I'm sure you guys have seen from our content at the firm. And I'll tell you now, right, the chance, brace yourself, NHS quit, give us a dick. NHS quit, give us a dick. NHS, and that was their, that was their three. So we got a load of young girls there who want to transition to become a man. Now, I don't know how that works in terms of phalloplasty and the other thing as well. And Double I'm, I'm mastectomy, bit, top surgery. Yeah, I'm a bit shy. Well, it's fine, guys, because we've only got a slot for the podcast-a-thon to pick it in. So we just got to keep a little oh, bit yeah. an eye yeah. on the time. So we've got oh, about yeah. five, five, six, seven minutes. That's but, all but we've got I, think, I think the point, the point here that's so, so um, uh, emotive is, 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 again, the one that Kat mentioned is, is it male to female? Is it female to male, right? That's very important because you could argue the whole thing's satanic. And again, this this type of curriculum and sexuality, hetero or otherwise, doesn't belong in front of children. Well, we can keep saying the official party line over and over again. But when we go into the gubbins, again, to Kat's point, this is so important. We need to look at the trends because what you're saying, Kat's interesting because I don't have a daughter and I don't have a kid in school. So is it the case that women are being told um, be fat, be obese, be enormous, because otherwise it's fat shaming. Be what you mm. the Sam Smiths of the world. Hate periods. Periods are disgusting. Periods are bad. Parents are unaware of all this propaganda. And again, I think it is far left driven. They're aware, of, unaware of all of this stuff. The child makes its mind up about who and what it is. When in the eighties, I love Thundercats. That was my favorite. The um, children's <laughs> children's program. I, I absolutely adored it. I loved it. I couldn't get enough of it. And I'm sure I shaped a load of my behavior around good versus evil, strength, muscularity. So I started bodybuilding and I have done for 17 years now. So my be our behaviors as adults, we know a shape. Mm. I don't need to be a child psychologist to tell you this. We know their shape by what we see, hear and learn growing up. So is yeah. it possible? Because I've learned lots on this call. Is it possible, Kat, that these, these girls, if you're right about the trend, these girls are going right. So when a guy transitions, is he likely to chop his penis off? Let's, let's, let's talk freely now, guys. Is he really going to do that? What percentage worldwide of men that transition to women chop their penis off? I would wager that 90% keep their penis. So we already know, mm -hmm. and again, don't quote me on that, but that, this is the rabbit hole we should go down. So when men go to convert, they don't chop their penis off. They're a woman, they have access to female spaces. Massive red flag, I'm calling mm -hmm. that out. But mm -hmm. when women want to transfer, all they've got to do is, um, what's it What's it called when uh, the breast... Double mastectomy. Right, so so now, now let me... Now let's suspend this belief for a second, guys. Right, let me give you a let me give you a little demographic. Confused tomboy, potentially a lesbian, doesn't know what she's doing, doesn't really have a nice family, potentially been a victim of abuse. Right, right. There, there's your six. Sees this propaganda and goes right. Well, and and potentially she's flat chested. Potentially she's flat chested. And she goes right. Well, actually, all I've got to do to stop all this from happening is to take the puberty blockers, create a new identity. And actually, I'm off and running with a completely new world when actually, as we will see and hear from Scott Nugent, who's our speaker on Saturday, she, she he's now a he, she was yeah, a lesbian. She was convinced that she had all these issues and everything wrong with her. She now has got a life expectancy of zero. She's not older. I'm in 50s, but she's very, very open about this. So is it possible, Kat, that you're absolutely right? We need to look at whether it's male to female. And if it is, let's look at what's behind that. And if it is female to male, how easy is it if you're confused, if you're potentially very. a lesbian? It's just see what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Just from this call, it's opened my eyes, actually. And of course, 
if, if you want to say that that kind of critical thinking and that assessment of, a, of an underdeveloped brain of a child's mind is, is transphobic, then I'm transphobic. There you go. No such thing as a trans child. And as much as I might hurt people, there's no such thing as a trans child. You know, it it is. And that is what it is. So you're right. We've got a confusion there. Uh, But what they're teaching them in school is the stereotype. So basically, I was a tomboy mind. So if I had been born in a different era, I would have been pushed down there. So what they're saying is if you don't do stereotypical so if I if I wasn't, you know, I didn't like pink, I liked blue and like playing with the train, then I would be sort of ushered and affirmed into that, all oh, this possibility that she's trans and vice versa. If a, if a little boy wanted to play with, you know, a doll, push a pram, then they, this is what they actually, you know, given sort of, um, this is the information. So for example, quickly before we have to wrap up, right? There was a school in Portfall, not long, Portfall's about an hour away, down on the coast in Wales, right? And they were, I think they were like five or six years old, these kids, and they had dress up day, right? So they had this big chest of um, dress up clothes, but all that, so you had boys and girls in this classroom, but all that was in this chest was princess dresses, right? So they had little boys and some of them were crying. They didn't want to, they wanted to dress up as like Superman or Batman or whatever it was, but they were kind of pushed into this. It's really dangerous. They know what they're doing. They absolutely, I don't say the teachers know. It is pure evil. It is pure, pure evil. I just want to pick up on one thing. When you've got daughters, my daughter, I say she's she's going to come be up to 22 now, but she goes out the door all respectable looking. And then changes. It doesn't take long to hook up the skirt a little bit, put the makeup on. So in that case, that is different because there's no way. I mean, I used to go, I was, I was brought up, I, I grew up doing like the rave scene, you know, and sneaking out the illegal raves, like 16 tracks, but you'd wear little shorts, but you'd always have something on over the top. So yeah, you could go in. see what yeah. you were wearing. Well, this is such an important point, Lou. This is, this is so important because as both as COO of the organization and in terms of our movement, remember over 18, do what you like. Yeah. So, so, so you you've just referenced about the eight, whether whether she was eighteen at the time or twenty two currently or, or sixteen, even in the most strictest of Catholic households or the strictest of Islamic households, we can't control what they're going to do once yeah. they're over eighteen. That's not our right. Yeah. Our right is twofold. One is the sort of stuff and the themes we've been speaking of: the indoctrination, grooming, and sexualization, and essentially abuse of minors happening in our in our academic institutions and in our taxpayer-funded environments. And two, is it being supported and propped up by liberal parenting over yeah. eighteen? And then it kind of the conversation kind of goes on. Over eighteen, do what you like. Exactly. So if you want to be like that within liberal parenting or whatever you want to call it, good luck and God bless. That's with you and your maker. I don't care about that. But we're talking about under 18. We're talking about under 16. We're talking about children. So the stuff that you can't control as an adult, you must be banging your head against a brick wall over. I can only yeah. imagine, but they're over 18. So it's it's not my department, but the children, yeah. and, and, and obviously this is a key aspect of the culture war, this radical far left trans terrorism, this is a massive aspect to the culture war. And, and no one should be any under any illusion that Turning Point UK will lead the charge against every single battalion, every single aspect of the culture war, right? It doesn't matter which one pops up and goes back down again and pops up and rears its ugly left, far left head. We will keep uh, we will keep coming for it. And, 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 for, and, and to that extent, I just want to go back. I can sense we're at the end, Lou. You mentioned before, you were very, very kind of you, bless you, you said that I'm leading the charge. 
that Turning Point UK owes a huge debt to our CEO, Jack Ross, who, who is who is essentially commander in chief. And, you know, he's, he's, he's head of media. He's a guru at what he does. And the platform that we now have is set up as a result of his work over the last few years, which I'll remind everyone was during lockdown, which is an impossible time for activism. Absolutely mm. impossible. So I'm in the privileged position as head of activism. So, as I said, let's just go back to that agenda, whether it's uh, socialism, communism, radical trans, BLM. It, it doesn't it doesn't matter. As a firm, we stand for family, faith, freedom. So it doesn't matter what's going to pop up. It is a culture war. It's called a war for a reason. And we will be there every single turn every single opportunity and we will visit back on them tenfold and that's a movement that's a movement that can't be stopped right now the new right can't be stopped now that it's started well we'd love to do a lot more with you nick you know we're here Definitely. and you know we we do that i mean i've been very quiet i don't get out as much because i was focused on my children and bringing them up and keeping them safe they've now grown up you know we, we're doing all we can for pcp wales but we've been you know liberty tactics have been there all the we're the first we're the first bloody show in the UK to interview General Flynn, but we're censored. So this is why I think it's so important that we're all connecting and working together and boosting one another because we've all got the same thing in our minds, you know, our faith, our family, and our freedom. Mm, that's and it. That's it, guys. That's it. This isn't about blue and red right now. This isn't about left and right. I, again, it is important to highlight that I do think the far left is behind this insidious evil. Oh, yeah, but, they are. But, um, <laughs> I, OK, I, I would say that as a right wing patriot, but I do think that it's justified. But to your point, Lou, this isn't about left and right at the moment. It's not about that. It's about everyone who's different faiths, religions, backgrounds, demographics, the lot coming together and saying absolutely not. Yeah. We need to evaluate our academic institutions, our government institutions, the civil service, our taxpayer institutions. Is there a far left agenda being pushed onto children where it should have absolutely no place whatsoever? And is the problem actually liberal parenting, liberal, weak, apathetic, absent parenting, weak fathers, absent fathers? That's a conversation that's going to have to be had in the culture. It has to be had. This is one of my main gripes is. If I, you know, when I was still married, if my child came home to me and said to me and my husband that somebody within the school was talking about masturbation to my child, I would expect my husband to be down at that school defending his family. Spot but that is, that's gone. That, yeah. There is Thank no, you. where, do you know, I've been single for over two years because there are no men around. Yeah. Yeah. That, well, yeah. that was the, that was the aim, wasn't it? Break because the news. Because there are no the man. And that's worked. Yeah, these, are, these are really, these are, before we sign off, guys, that's why I wanted to say it, Lou. This is really important because, because tactically we could stay away from that conversation because it's cruel and it's unfair and blah, blah, blah. And remember, people are very bitter and twisted in life. Or we can come together and say, there are men and women in their 20s who don't want to get involved in the dating scene because it's just not worth it. There are men and women in their 30s, 40s. I know men and women in their 50s, a classic age where people get divorced, sadly. It's a conversation we need to come together over because that I can imagine from all demographics, and I am linking a lot of this to fatherlessness and to weak males, a lot of the demographics, i.e. 20 to 50, so we're talking about probably 30, 40 million people in the UK, probably have the same opinion that what's the point? Like, yeah. What is the point? Because you, you, it's impossible to find. And the stuff you're talking about here, which I would say is fundamental, is basic 101s you want in a partner. You don't mind having up and down and arguments and, and exactly. adding spice but and challenging no each other. Not around. 
you're talking you- literally about the basic 101. So that I think at some point that conversation as 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 it's a difficult conversation to have, but it is part of the culture war, and we are gonna we are gonna have to start getting our hands dirty in that aspect to it. Because let's face it, it's all about going to root cause with these problems. So yeah we're going to have to do a lot more shows i think we guys, are going to have we? to do a lot more with you nick and um cool. yeah it's brilliant thank you so much i know your events coming on mm-hmm. the same weekend as us but loads of support from us good luck with thank it you. um and hopefully we can do this again really really soon nick and thank Great. you so much and all of you at the turning point uk especially yeah. guys thank you so much for having me on it's great and obviously we'll talk more and uh, just keep doing everything you're doing and god bless thank you so it's much right. guys. We'll, send you, we'll send you the flyer and the promotional video and if if you can share it on some platforms you know and i just want to reiterate this to anybody who's watching now i just want to say liberty tactics doesn't take any money from anywhere oh yeah <laughs> rumors going around that we you know the podcast and we'll get our travel and everything else that um the fundraiser for pcp wales will sort it out no 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 every single thing liberty tactics has done myself cat and rick we have never taken a penny i am bankrupt i mean because of this movement completely bankrupt i'm unable to get work i've been doing this so long and we have lost everything and we have never taken one penny from anyone Hence why we'll we get that anyway, just because we're winning. So they're like, oh, I've been called a far right extremist. And apparently I give all my money to far right organisations. Every single penny that we've raised so far, which is over 12 grand. It's gone to public practice. never received one pence. It costs us money to put this on. Yeah. We have to pay to get there. We have to everything. So Mm. I just wanted to get that cleared up. So Nick. Penko, sure. Turning Point UK, thank you so much. And I cannot wait to have you back on. You're most Brilliant. welcome, guys. And thank you so much for your time. Keep going, guys. You're doing fantastic. Thank you. Thank you, Nick. God bless. God bless. bless. Thank you, guys.